News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app, or maybe you're joining us on the On The Mark Facebook page or Facebook Live as well. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy Faith. Family giving back. That's Cunis Country. Ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty. Tell them Mark Sencha. Welcome on into the show. This is episode 104 of On the Mark on this Saturday, October 2nd. Uh, I am now officially a year older, 31 yesterday, turned 31 yesterday. So now so much smarter, so much wiser, and hopefully my picks just keep going well. (laughs) Good week last week with my lock of the week and my upset of the week uh, in week three of the NFL action. Feel really strong about this week's lock and upset as well. We'll get to all that here as we'll go through every NFL game in just a second. Uh, Later on in the show, strong words in Hespin headline number two. From Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the NBA and the Players Association versus the vaccine mandates in cities like San Francisco and in New York, uh, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins. We will dive into all of that and what uh, what is going on in the world of the NBA. Is the NBA getting ready to kick off here within the next month? Uh, breakdown of some of the big games in college football. I got one, two, three, four, five massive meaningful implication type games in college football uh, today that we're going to look at. And then uh, at the very end of the show, I will give thoughts uh, on the latest development in the Chicago Bears possible move out to the suburbs with uh, the official purchase of the Arlington racetrack from the Chicago Bears organization. So we'll get to all of that during the show. Right now, though, let's just get it started. Has been headline number one. Let's break down some NFL action, shall we? Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so let's just start with that Thursday night game. Bengals get the win 24-21 over the Jaguars. The Bengals improved to 3-1 and one on the year and are sitting pretty uh, in the NFC North. I mean, the NFC North uh, is a really fascinating division. The Ravens obviously have a loss. The Browns have a loss. Those two teams certainly look like contenders. The Bengals' only losses to a Bears team that seems to be falling apart. We'll talk about them a little bit later on. Um, but they looked good in the second half. Joe Burrow is doesn't have the support. Offensive line is a, is a mess for the Bengals still right now. He's got good offensive weapons, but they need at least three or four more guys. They need another draft class of people to hit. They need to start being able to attract some free agents on the defensive side offensive line to really build around Burrow. But the Bengals are officially moving into that tier for me that's like they're feisty. This is a feisty team, and you can't count them out. And a lot of it has to do with Joe Burrow. I think you also saw the difference between a guy and Joe Burrow having an extra year in the offense, having just a couple extra starts under his belt, versus a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Both of these guys have all the talent in the world. Both Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow 
are franchise quarterbacks. Now, are they Super Bowl, pay him $200 million a year, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type of franchise quarterbacks? Not 100% sure yet. They're both so raw and green at this point in time. But you started to see that even from Trevor Lawrence. Game four, a little bit more comfortable making big throws uh, and big moments. They incorporate a little bit more of Trevor Lawrence's legs, design runs like that. Really love to see that. But Joe Burrow is really the story. I mean, when the Jags decide to punt uh, on that fourth and four in late in the fourth quarter, they don't get the ball back. Joe Burrow goes uh, on a magnificent uh, game-winning drive, uh, finishes with 348 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the Bengals need to be really smart, and they're one of the – they don't get talked about enough, a lot like the Lions, because you're just kind of apathetic about the Bengals and the Lions. They they just – Detroit, Cincinnati, they're not Chicago. They're not the Giants. They're not big – the Jets, big market franchises that stink right now. So they kind of fly under the radar. I mean, Paul Brown, I mean, is a bad ownership group. They don't even have a real general manager. Uh, if I was a Bengals fan, though, I would be hounding my organization every day to not waste Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looks like he could be special. He could be bring a Super Bowl to Cincinnati, a Carson Palmer level special, maybe even a little bit more it factor than Carson Palmer. Uh, and so if you're a Bengals fan, you got to feel good. Team's 3-1, and one, you're in a, in a nice spot. But try to get that kid some help and build around him. For the Jags, they're going to win a game or two. Uh, they're getting closer. They're improving. And, and, and when you've lost 19 straight games and you have a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, uh, you know those are things you can at least hang your hand on, that you're improving. All right, let's keep it moving. When we get to a lock, an upset, or a toss-up game, I will talk about it at that point in time. Uh, meanwhile, just so we know, just so we keep record, all of you, I told you to keep record of it at home. I'll keep record for us. Well, 2-0 and last week. My lock hit of the Titans minus 5.5 over the Colts and my upset Bengals plus 3 over the Steelers. Uh, both those things hit. So I feel good about this week's as well. All right, let's dive into this. Uh, the rest of this week for Slate. Washington football team at the Falcons. This is an ugly game. This is one where uh, if... If you were going back to the beginning of the year, you circle this as a win for the Washington football team because of that defense. That defense has been brutal. Statistically, actually, the second-worst defense in the NFL. I think this is a get-right game for Washington. The Falcons had an upset uh, win on the road in New York. I think they come back to earth a little bit. I think the football team's defense shows up. They play big against the statue that is Matt Ryan. I think they're able to get to Matt Ryan. Chase Young gets a sack or two. They get moving. They feel good. It's a get-right game for them. And I do think Washington's uh, offense and Heineke will be able to score against that Falcons defense. I'll take the Washington football team uh, over the Atlanta Falcons. The Texans uh, at the Bills. Let's not waste time on this. Line 17 I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think the Texans. It wouldn't shock me if the Texans cover because that's a lot of points. But the Bills will win this game. They're at home. The Texans until they get Tyrod Taylor back. I'm not touching them as a possible team to win any more games. I think the Bills continue uh, playing good football offensively. Josh Allen. Uh, it's just been lights out the last two games. No reason to think that changes anytime soon. Uh, the Bears hosting the Lions. This is an ugly game. Uh, it is going to be one of those games that I think the Bears win purely because I think it's going to be one of those where then the Bears are sitting there after the win at 2-2, two and two and I could just feel it all like Matt Nagy being like, no, 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 see, it's getting right, moving right. 
I do think the Bears win if they start Justin Fields. If it's if it's uh, Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, it doesn't look like it's going to be Andy Dalton. It looks like it's coming down to a healthy Nick Foles versus a, a, a hand injury Justin Fields. If it's Nick Foles, the Bears lose. If it's Justin Fields, I think it will be. I do think the Bears win. I think there's going to see more juice. They're at home. You saw how bad they played on the road week one. And it's the Rams. They were able to bounce back week two at home. You saw how bad they were on the road against the Browns. I think they're bouncing back uh, week four at home. Lions are feisty. They're very strong. I think the Lions will play tough in this game. I think it'll be ugly. I think it'll be low scoring. I think both defenses will show up. I think the Bears somehow get a field goal late. Cairo Santos, you're talking 17, 13, 17, 14, uh, maybe 2017. I don't think it's any higher scoring than that. I do think the Bears, though, get a win over the divisional opponent. Matt Nagy's been very good in division against every team, not Green Bay. He's really owned the Lions and the Vikings as a head coach. I think they have good game plans against the Lions team. I think you're going to see a more creative and protective offense around Justin Fields. I also think it wouldn't shock me if the Bears run the ball just like 35 times. And Matt Nagy says, fine, you don't like what I'm doing passing the ball and our and our offensive line stinks. Wouldn't shock me if it's a big David Montgomery game, but I do think the Bears get the win against the Lions. Lions fall to 0-4. Panthers at Cowboys, here it is, my upset special of the week. The Panthers are getting four and a half on the Barstool Sportsbook, which is what I bet through exclusively, uh, getting four in certain lines, four and a half. I don't think it really matters. I actually think the Panthers win this game. This is such a letdown spot for the Cowboys. The Cowboys always play good, and Dak Prescott always plays good against divisional opponents, especially in prime time. I, I think it's a Monday night, Short week for the Cowboys at home. No one's circled if you're a Cowboys fan. The Panthers come into town. They didn't expect the Panthers to be 3-0, so I think that gets them up a little bit more. I think it's a close game. I don't think the Panthers blow them out by any means. But I think Sam Darnold, no Christian McCaffrey. You're going to see a creativity out of a Matt Rule offense. I think you're going to see Sam Darnold get some more design runs. They're going to use his mobility. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, and I think you're going to run the ball. I think Dallas's defense has improved. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think it's kind of a slugfest game. I think it's a sleepy Dallas team. They make it close late, but I do think the Panthers win this game something around 24-21. They get a sneaky win in Dallas sleeper, uh, and the Panthers will improve to 4-0 on the season. They're my upset of the week. Uh, Regardless, it's close enough to swallow the points, bet it, And Panthers, if they lose, it's not going to be by more than four and a half points. All right. Colts, Dolphins. This is an ugly game. I mean, these teams are both very hungry. Uh, The uh, Carson Wentz Colts in Miami. It's going to be 87 degrees and muggy. I don't love this spot for uh, for either team. So I think the Colts defense has a bounce back game. I think Carson Wentz plays well. But the Dolphins' defense needs to start playing well. That overtime loss, embarrassing loss uh, after having such a good lead in Vegas for the Dolphins. Uh, This is a game that almost was my stay-away-from game, almost was my toss-up game. Uh, But I I do feel strongly enough, uh, I'm going to go with the Colts to get their first win of the year. I just don't trust the Dolphins offensively at all right now. I don't know where, uh, I don't know where, uh, what I'm getting, excuse me, out of whoever's playing quarterback for the Dolphins, 
I like the Colts to get themselves uh, a win on the road. Their defense bounces back. Uh, and uh, Carson Wentz does enough feeling the pressure 0-3. Cannot fall to 0-4 uh, in this division. Browns at Vikings. I don't want to overthink this one. Kevin Stefanski, a little bit of that homecoming game for him. Spent a lot of years with this Vikings organization. The Vikings got a huge win to kind of save their season. But the Browns and that offensive line, we remember they struggled too against the Bears last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. They gave up a lot of sacks. Of, I think five sacks. Everyone's talking about the Bears give up nine sacks. It's absurd. They give up five sacks uh, uh, to the Bears defense. The Vikings defense has improved, but I think you're going to come out and see the Browns offensive line establish their will against the Vikings. These are two teams. going to be a short game. They both want to run the ball. I think, though, that the Browns are offensively going to be able to make an explosive play or two. Trust, I trust Baker Mayfield more than I do Kirk Cousins. I think the Browns steamroll over the Vikings in a low-scoring game. I think a lot of unders this week, uh, but the Browns will get the win in Minnesota. Moving on, a game that I just don't know 100% what to expect out of either team because this is the first time the New Orleans Saints hosting the Giants. They're, they're going to be home actually playing in New Orleans in the Superdome. Hurricane Ida, they've been on the road. I think the Giants are extraordinarily hungry for a win, and I think they actually match up fairly well in certain spots against the Saints. But I think this is one of those games where the line is seven for New Orleans. I would stay away from the points there. I think New Orleans gets a win, but I think it's a really, really good showing from Daniel Jones and this Giants offense. I think they actually play well in New Orleans. It's going to be a lot of emotion. I, I think you're going to see the Saints kind of come out a little bit malaised because of that early. I could see the Giants jumping on them early, but the Saints overall just have more talent. I trust their coaching staff more. The Saints will take care of the Giants. Titans at Jets. Here's another one of my picks. This is my lock of the week. Two weeks in a row, I'm going to trust the uh, the uh, the Titans as a lock. They will not have A.J. Brown, and they will not have Julio Jones. They're two best wide receivers. Against the Jets team in New York that has struggled mightily to score points. This is going to be a Derrick Henry bloodbath. They are going to feed Derrick Henry. I also think you're going to see a really smart uh, game plan from the Titans. Knowing they don't have their two best wide receivers, you're going to see Ryan Tannehill get out in the move. I think you're going to see a lot of jet sweeps, other ways to get the run game involved, some quick passing stuff. The Titans will take care of the football in New York. The Jets, this game will be close, but I do think the Titans will pull away and win by at least six points, if not more. The Jets just can't score right now. And the Titans' defense is not great, but the Jets' offense is that bad. And I'm not I'm not trusting the Jets to cover any numbers until I actually see it happen. I'll take the Titans and Derrick Henry mainly uh, to have a big game in New York and to cover the six points. So, uh, just so we clear, already now I've gave you my lock of the week, Titans minus six, and my opposite of the week, Panthers plus four and a half. Uh, the toss-up coming up here in just a bit. Let's keep it moving now. Chiefs at Eagles. This was almost my lock of the week, but I kind of want to save Chiefs locks for later. I think the Chiefs are going to destroy the Eagles. Let's not overthink it. The Eagles offensively were a mess on Monday Night Football. It's the type of loss that they're overthinking things. You're going to see them try to force feed the ball to Miles Sanders early, I think. 
but I think you're going to see an angry Chiefs team that will take care of the football. Patrick Mahomes will uh, get this team righted. Andy Reid with that health scare. I think you're going to see a Chiefs blowout. This could get ugly. I I mean, like 35-13 ugly. I think this could get really, really ugly for the the Eagles. Uh, The Chiefs are going to come out and put a whooping on the Eagles in that uh, noon start on the East Coast. Let's get into the afternoon games. The afternoon games are actually all really fascinating games. No bad games in the afternoon slate. 305 starts Central Time. Cardinals at Rams. This is going to be fun. I do think the Rams take care of the Cardinals pretty easily, though, at home. I don't think this is a letdown spot for the Rams. A lot of people are saying that because of the big game they just had against the Bucks and a nice win for them, but I don't see it as a letdown spot. They could maybe start slow early, but offensively, they can just score in three-play drives. What have I been saying all season? If you are an offense that can score in three-play drives consistently, like both of these teams, then you both are teams that can make a deep playoff run. And I do think that for both of these. But this is, remember, where I predicted the Cardinals were going to start to show their deficiencies. The Cardinals were going to lose games in divisions. I predicted at the beginning of the season. I'm going to stand by that as we head into that. I don't want to. I don't want to waver from that. Even though Kyler Murray's already thrown for a thousand yards in three games and seven touchdowns, he looked great. I think the Rams improved to four zero. They're able to run the ball a little bit more. They're able to control the clock a little bit more. And I think defensively, they make a bigger play at home pick off a Kyler Murray pass late in the fourth to give Matt Stafford another chance uh, to extend the lead or to to put the game away. I'll take the Rams uh, at home over the Cardinals. Seahawks at 49ers. Two really desperate teams. The uh, 49ers really got controlled by the Packers in their building. Uh, The Seahawks' uh, two-game losing streak where their defense has just played absolutely abysmal football. Hungry dog eats here in this game. I like the Seahawks to upset the 49ers. Again, you know I was high on the Seahawks going into the year. I'm not ready to back off that yet. Their defense concerns me. But the 49ers offense still doesn't have a bell cow back and an offense that really needs a bell cow back. I think the Seahawks are going to be able to score enough points to deal with whatever happens with their defense. I think that the best player in this football game is Russell Wilson. They still have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I think the Seahawks in division is where they separate themselves. Get a win for Pete Carroll down in Santa Clara uh, and a win over this 49ers. But I think that's going to be a really good game. I love that we get the NFC West in the late games in divisional games. Think about this. We're going to know a lot more about the, the path of the NFC West and who comes out of the NFC West by 7 o'clock Central Time tomorrow with the Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, Niners all playing each other. Let's move on to a game that's kind of uh, a forgotten game, but it's an important game as far as standings go early in the season and having an understanding of what these teams are about. The Ravens have to go on the road to the Broncos for that late start. This is a fascinating game. The Broncos are 3-0. and No one thought they'd be 3-0 really at this point in time. At least I didn't see anyone predicted the Broncos being 3-0 at this point in time. But the three wins are against the dreg of the league. Bad, bad teams. So they're getting a really good team coming into town that's coming off of a wonky, weird loss 
Uh, a win, excuse me, uh, that was probably should have been a loss. Drop passes from Hollywood Brown. A giant lucky field goal from the uh, the the Golden Boot himself, Justin Tucker. This one is a my toss up of the week. As you can see, why I just don't know where to go with this game. I if I had to bet it, I would just bet money line. I think the Ravens are the better team with the better quarterback, so I trust them. But the Broncos defense is playing really good. I think we're going to learn a lot about these two teams after this week. If the Broncos win. We have to start saying the Broncos are for real at 4-0 and beating the Ravens at home. If the Ravens win and they blow out the Broncos, now we know the Broncos are a little bit more of a fluke. But I also might say that the Ravens are starting to really come alive and be for real if the Ravens are able to take care of business and win three in a row after that opening loss in Vegas. The other late game on the Sunday afternoon slate is the Steelers at the Packers. This game is one that I think the Packers will win, but the Steelers will cover. Packers coming off a big win. We're going to learn a lot about how motivated Aaron Rodgers is. Is he actually really buying in? Yeah, he can get up for a big uh, big Sunday night football game in uh, his home state in his growing up against the team that he loved to root for, the 49ers. I think the Packers are the better team with the better quarterback right now, so I'm going to take them. But Mike Tomlin is a great underdog coach. He usually covers lines. And this is just one of those, this is just a feeling for one of those games where a Mike Tomlin Steelers team with TJ Watt back healthy in his home state. Could you get a malaise of an Aaron Rodgers? Maybe not as 100% dialed in as he should be. Could this game be tight late and the Steelers somehow find a way to get a turnover and upset the Packers? It wouldn't shock me, but let's trust our gut. The Packers are the better team with the better quarterback. They'll probably win the game. Finally, the Sunday night football game, the Buccaneers at the Patriots. Man, oh man, oh man. I, I can't wait to watch this game. That's all I'll say. I think the Bucs are going to win. I think this game is going to be lower scoring uh, than you think. The over-under is 49.5. I think this game could be closer to like 2017, 23-17. I think there's going to be so much emotion, a lot of jitters, both teams wanting to make the play for their guy. That You're going to see the, the New England take chances because they want to get a win for Belichick. You're going to see the Bucks try to maybe go a little too much, an extra stunt, bring extra pressure to try to get to Mac Jones, and maybe he cars them up a little bit too, you know, for it's going to be teams trying to make plays, and that always scares me. But when it comes down to that, and I know it's closer, it's going to be wonky like that, I trust in my gut the the Buccaneers are a better football team right now than the Patriots, even though it's on the road. I trust in Tom Brady. I think he has uh, a great game at home and leads the Patriots. Uh, what did I just say? Leads the Bucks to win over the Patriots. I can't wait for that game. Finally, Monday night, really, really quickly, uh, Chargers hosting the Raiders. 3-0 Raiders, 2-1 Chargers. I love the Chargers at home against the Raiders. Divisional matchup. I think the Raiders will play well, but I don't think their defense has a chance to stop Justin Herbert and this uh, Chargers offense. And I think the Chargers uh, defense can do enough to disrupt Derek Carr. Primetime Derek Carr. I think he plays well, but throws a bad pick. Maybe there's a sack fumble. Joey Bosa, big play in the game. Close game. Line is three for a reason. Uh, I like the Chargers in that game. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. Stick around when we come back. Uh, we're going to turn our focus away from the NFL and go towards the NBA and what is going on with 
all of these players and the vaccinations and uh, its uh, storyline. We just got to uh, talk about my thoughts on that on the way. On the mark, News Talk 1070, KHMO. Cunis Honda is the use. Be our safe place, but heart attacks and strokes don't stay home. Don't avoid the ER out of anxiety. Don't die of doubt. Don't stay silent and don't stay home. If you have an emergency, call 911 immediately. When seconds count, the hospital is the safest place to be. Visit heart.org slash don't die of doubt. Brought to you by the American Heart Association. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from in their network of dealerships. You hear me talk about it all the time because it's true. If you're in the market for a new vehicle and you don't at least check out CunisQuincy.com to see the massive selection they have that they can get to that location at 221 North 36th Street in Quincy in a day's notice, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so this is a storyline here that is really a sports story. It's an American story, and it's really a microcosm of what we're all going through in the country right now. If you didn't know, the NBA season is about to start up here within the next month. The NBA is trying to get all their players vaccinated. The difference between the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL right now, as all these leagues are starting and going to be playing in the fall, the NFL plays their games outside and in domes and in big stadiums in 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 uh, not uh, confined spaces and the NFL stadiums in the two towns in question right now of San Francisco area and in the New York area the Brooklyn area well they don't have one in in New York City they're the Jets and the Giants play in Jersey and Santa Clara is not in San Francisco but even then it's open air it's outside that's different than being in a dome inside. So if you don't know what's going on, in those cities, there is a mandate that if you are inside at a gathering larger than X amount of people, which obviously an NBA would be, uh, you know, game would be attended by, you have to be vaccinated to participate in that event. So this affects the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving, who is unvaccinated to our knowledge because he hasn't reported to camp. He's not talking about it. Keeps saying it's a personal thing. Uh, and Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors. Now, let me just start by saying this. The NBA has come out and said, listen, 95% of our players are vaccinated. We are not concerned overall. We are going to have teams are going to have full rosters. It's not like you're going to be trying to grab guys off the street because, you know, only 30% of the NBA is vaccinated or whatever it may be. And the majority of the stars, the LeBrons, the Stephs, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Giannis came out this week, talked about him getting vaccinated, not only for his health, but just because it's like, hey, if this is what I got to do to play the game I love, it's what I'm going to do. And I just think it is interesting because it's one of those things we're seeing all across the country right now. We're seeing it here locally in the tri-states, what's going on with Blessing Health System. There is, uh, just had a news anchor, Don Dwyer, I saw this morning, got lost his job from WGEM. Because uh, he wasn't vaccinated and there's a mandate from his company. So it's like they let him go. I mean, this is a real issue facing real Americans and real jobs, not just NBA players. But I will say this. The NBA is, is in a little bit of a pickle right now because they have these megastars in a Kyrie Irving and a guy 
who's basically willing to say, listen, I'll give up millions and millions and millions of dollars. I'm not doing this. And in a lot of ways, I, you almost have to give a person like that credit. You almost have to say, listen, if you're going to stick to your guns like that and you're going to literally leave 30 plus million dollars on the table because you don't want to get the vaccine, you must actually feel very strongly about not getting the vaccine. More power to you. Make that decision for yourself, your family, whatever you feel is right. Personally, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but but that's what's going on in the NBA right now. And this is going to be a storyline in the NBA, mainly also, if you not if you haven't noticed, we haven't heard really any worries or issues with the NFL. Even some of the guys like an Antonio Brown or people who've gone into COVID protocols recently, they're back in a week and you just kind of, the beat marches on in the NFL. Now, again, it hasn't affected a Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, a, a megastar quarterback for a game. We haven't seen a massive outbreak like we did last year with the Titans and the Ravens. But also remember last year, when he had these massive outbreaks, there was no vaccine. So the NFL and all these sports leagues had to be cautious about putting players out there and, and the, I, the optics of forcing guys to be around each other, spreading this disease and the possibility of you know one of these players dying or getting very ill and ruining the career because of this. Now the vaccines are available. A lot of vaccinated players in these leagues are playing outdoors. The NFL is moving on almost like it feels like it's 2019 with just the same, with just the, the, the small hiccups of, oh, that player's out because of some contact tracing or because they got, they tested positive, but they're literally back the next week. But in the NBA, this is going to be a storyline all season long. And part of the reason the NBA has to own this is because the NBA has been political and you have big, you have big political statements being said by some of their biggest uh, faces of the league on this vaccine in a Kyrie Irving. And, but then you have his own teammate, Kevin Durant, coming out talking about it. Like, listen, I got vaccinated because I'm trying to play. So the NBA has made this more political because they've opened up the doors to their, their players being more political compared to some of the other leagues. It's just a storyline we're going to have to take uh, keep an eye on. You have people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coming out with a strong statement saying, this is, and I quote from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it sounded to me like they have not made any attempt to inform themselves on what's going on, players who haven't been vaccinated. A whole lot, a whole lot of people are dying, especially black Americans. Uh, so this issue, it's a key importance to the black community, an extension of the Black Lives Matter movement. So you, are, you, have, you have faces of the league, uh, I mean, guys who represent the politicalness of the NBA and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of calling out the Kyrie Irvings, the Andrew Wiggins of the world. But then you also have to say, as a league, how do you not try to, and the, and the, and the Players Association support those players for making that decision? Andrew Wiggins can't play any home games this year. Kyrie Irving can't play any home games this year. That's a huge, huge blow to those teams. And, and if you're the players on the team, do you support your guy? Do you not support your guy? You have, you have guys like Giannis and Damian Lillard coming out basically saying like, Listen, I want to get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, maybe you don't care about the game, basically. This is this is going to be a real thing in locker rooms and talked about in discussions where it's not going to be in other leagues. And I will say this. I mean, the NBA has come out in a strong sense. The NBA was quoted as saying, any player who elects to not comply with local vaccination mandates, i.e. Golden State and the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, well, they're not going to be paid for those games missed. So the NBA is in support 
of the local mandate. So they're making a stance and not defending their players. So the player association is trying to, they're battling it. There's a lot of litigation. Should they not get paid? This could be a messy storyline. COVID is going to be a messy storyline for the NBA. And I just think it's something we need to keep on our radar as sports fans to see how this breaks down. And as of right now, if you ask me, I fully expect Kyrie Irving to not play any games this year in New York or in San Francisco. Will he try to play with the with the away teams, the road games? I don't know. We'll see. But I, I don't think Kyrie Irving's a guy who's going to be changing his stance anytime soon. And it seems though he's willing to just lose $30 million plus million going into this season. And in a lot of ways, it's not the decision I would make. But how can he almost not that, – that dude feels that strongly about it? He's given up $30 million? I, I, I almost have to respect his choice. You know, I mean, I do – everyone's got their own choice. I respect that. But, like, you almost have to say to yourself, there's no, I don't think there's any way he's changing. I, like, you, got, you just got to let him do him. And if you're a Nets fan, it's got to sting. It's got to hurt. Because you want the Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant championship window. So uh, that's where we're at the NBA. It, it, it's going to be a, a real storyline throughout the year with these star players. But a reminder, 95% of the NBA is vaccinated. It, it, it is go- it's going to have a season. They're going to get through it a lot easier than they did last year. And uh, you're just going to have to deal with the with some of these megastars, uh, Kyrie Irving, maybe just sitting out this year. Who knows? Will it be different next year as far as having to be vaccinated or not? to play in certain areas, in certain arenas. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family giving back. That's Kunis country. When we come back, college football, five big games I want to spend some time talking on. Live and local in America's hometown, it's On the Mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. The Songs of Love Foundation is a nonprofit organization that provides free, personalized songs for kids battling serious illness, including physical or emotional challenges. Listen to a little of Kaylee's Song of Love. Kaylee, Kaylee, we love everything you do. Any parent or relative can request a free Song of Love by visiting songsoflove.org or calling us at 800-960-SONG. That's 800-960-SONG. Cunis Honda is the user. Pro football season's here, and pro roofers save valuable time with Beacon Pro Plus. Beacon Pro Plus works 24-7 for material ordering, order history, and automated promotion tracking, so you can get your favorite GAF roofing products even when working remotely. And now, order on Beacon Pro Plus and get a $175 gift card and a chance for a VIP pro football getaway. Gear up and raise your game with Beacon Pro Plus today. Build, score, and win at BECN.com. Are you your storms today? Otherwise, cloudy skies. Daytime highs approaching 79. Winds out of the southwest, 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance for scattered thunderstorms again tonight. Lows around 63. Cloudy skies expected. Chance for scattered storms tomorrow. Highs level off around 76. Mainly cloudy skies. Right now, 70. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. 
Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. They have that no-fear warranty as well. Uh, what they're doing over there is just incredible. Great service department as well. Uh, trust them with my trucks ever since I bought from Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Shop online, cunisquincy.com. All right, let's look at college football here. And it is a big Saturday of college football uh, there are five games I want to talk about. And let's start with, uh, which here at 11 a.m., kicking off in just a little over an hour from now, number eight, Arkansas at number two, Georgia. Massive, massive implications in the SEC. And I, I want to quickly say, I think there's two. The, the fascinating game to compare this to is the Cincinnati-Notre Dame game. So it's number eight, Arkansas, at number two, Georgia. And then later on in the afternoon, you have number seven, Cincinnati, at number nine, Notre Dame. The case is is that people are saying if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame and beats them convincingly, and Cincinnati finishes the season undefeated, they should get into the college football playoff. Can I just say this? Let me go through Cincinnati's schedule to being undefeated and this is if they beat Notre Dame and if they beat Notre Dame I'll even give it convincingly say they spanked a Notre Dame team they will have then beaten Indiana Miami Ohio Murray State and number nine Notre Dame after that they have the extremely tough schedule remaining of Temple Navy SMU ECU I some juggernauts on that schedule remaining Meanwhile, Arkansas, who no one expected anything from them this year, already went on the road and beat number 15 Texas in their building convincingly. Just upset Texas A&M, number seven in the country, who everyone was telling me could be the threat to Alabama this year. They are now at Georgia, the number two team in the country, who's already beaten Clemson. And then if they survive against Georgia, they still have number 12, Ole Miss, number 22, Auburn, LSU at LSU, and still at Alabama later this year. And you're telling me that if Arkansas loses, beats Georgia, but maybe loses uh, a, a, a trap game you know, against Auburn and Alabama, but still has beaten Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU, Mizzou, that Cincinnati's a better team than Arkansas. That's what that's what makes this so difficult, and I and I understand then why you say this, why you should expand the playoff. But my whole point about this is don't expand the playoff. We're getting playoff games currently. You know what I mean? Like this, this is a playoff game. We're getting playoff games today. Seven versus nine, two versus eight. We got amazing matchups. The the SEC schedule is brutal. It's brutal. Arkansas, if they lose one game in that schedule, probably won't be in the playoff because they're Arkansas and it's one game. But an undefeated Cincinnati, you're telling me, is going to get in? With that schedule of cupcake after cupcake, and they played at Notre Dame. 
You know, it's just tough. It's just it's just one of those tough things. So enjoy these games now. That's what I'm trying to say. Enjoy these games today because we're getting college football playoff games today. Uh, I like Georgia to take care of Arkansas. I think Arkansas is a very good team. KJ Jefferson's fun to watch, but Georgia's on a mission. Uh, they're at home. I don't I don't think they cover the 16 and a half. I think it's a close game. Arkansas is for real. They run the ball down your throat. Uh, but I think Georgia will take care of business. You also then have number 14, Michigan at Wisconsin. This is a huge letdown spot for Michigan. I, I think I think that uh, they if they win this game, it'll keep them giving them the momentum going at, in Madison. Uh, I like Michigan to win, and I, I just don't trust Graham Mertz right now. He's got one passing touchdown through three games. It's just brutal. Uh, the other games I'm looking at, we talked about a number seven Cincinnati at number nine Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame to win, and I hope they do. I, I can't believe I'm saying that because I hate Notre Dame. But it's mainly just to get rid of Cincinnati and the talk of Cincinnati. Um, if Notre Dame wins, and listen, they'll have a better resume if they can stay undefeated and they'll have played some more legit teams. Uh, so, I, again, and I don't mind seeing Notre Dame getting blown out in a college football playoff just because I hate Notre Dame. But I, I, am, I am rooting for Notre Dame today to take care of Cincinnati. Uh, or maybe... Maybe Cincinnati wins, then he has a letdown against a USF or something, and that'll that'll bring me some joy to get Cincinnati out of the college football playoff conversation. But it should be a really entertaining game. Uh, you then later on in the afternoon have number 12 Ole Miss undefeated at number one Alabama. Undefeated Lane Kiffin versus, uh, uh, versus Nick Saban. I love Alabama in this game. Bryce Young has 15 passing touchdowns through four games. Dude, it's insane. Uh, Alabama, I think, uh, plays uh, great football at home. I think their defense will show up today. I think it's closer than you think, and Ole Miss may even have a lead at some point in time in the second half, but Alabama will pull away in the fourth quarter. Final game that I think has got real big implications is two surprise undefeateds in the Big 12. Number 21, Baylor 4-0 versus 4-0, number 19, Oklahoma State. One of those two teams could win the Big 12, especially if they stay through undefeated. I don't really trust Oklahoma right now. One of those two teams could give Oklahoma a run for the money. I trust Oklahoma State a little bit more, and they're at home. Uh, so I'll keep my eye on that late game. Should be a fun one to watch, though. Great college football games. Let's take the commercial break. We'll end with the Bears and uh, wrap up the show. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Cunis Honda is the use the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon. I'm John Rooney. And this is Ricky Horton. Make sure you join us on the radio for every game. Cardinals baseball, we fly. Cardinal baseball on News Talk 1070 KHMO Hannibal. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. They're having another record-breaking year. You gotta be, uh, you gotta see what's going on at, over at Cunis Honda Hyundai. They're getting new inventory in all the time when other dealers aren't. Check them on out. Check them on Facebook. They do a ton of great stuff on Facebook. CunisQuincy.com as well. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, so the Bears officially, as an organization, have made the purchase rights for the Arlington Racetrack in the suburbs of Chicago. If you don't know, it's a giant uh, horse racing track, 320-something acres. In a suburb of Chicago, it's a very nice suburb, great suburb, Arlington Heights. It's about 30 miles just directly north and west of downtown Chicago. Now, if you don't know the Chicagoland area in the Chicago suburbs like I do, 
Uh, it really is not a big deal. It's not far. It's no. It'd be no different than the Dallas Cowboys playing in Arlington, Texas, or the Los Angeles and Chargers and Rams playing in Inglewood, California, or the San Francisco 49ers playing in Santa Clara, California, 50 miles almost away from San Francisco. Uh, this wouldn't be that big of a deal to me in that sense. I think one of the things we have to realize as Bears fans uh, and and is the possibility of the Bears leaving Soldier Field is two things. Even if the Bears recommit to Soldier Field and want to stay there, you only get another 10, maybe 12, 15 years out of the current Soldier Field before it needs to be renovated again. And it's still going to always be owned by the city, and they're just not a great partnership. They're just not getting along. This fell into the Bears' laps. The Bears did not know that Arlington Racetrack was going to become up for sale, and they were going to have the opportunity to build a giant facility and a, and a whole new start and own their own stadium just outside of downtown Chicago in one of the suburbs. In the network of suburbs where there's more people living in the suburbs now than there is in downtown as the suburban population is growing and the downtown population is shrinking as people don't want to live in Cook County anymore. There's a lot of politics to that as well. There's a huge Massive amount of people in the Chicagoland area. Chicagoland area is 8 million people. It's a lot more than just the 2 million, two and a half million that live in downtown Chicago. So it, it, it's a, it's, it fell into their laps. They have to do it. It's a, it just makes all the sense of the world for them to create themselves a space to have a home for the next 30 years that they own. And I do think if the McCaskey family was smart, who owns the Bears, if they were really smart, they would take this land they would get it evaluated. They would combine it with this, uh, with the, with everything they own from Hallis Hall up in Lake Forest and the Bears as an organization, and they would start saying who's the highest bidder. The Bears could have sold before this land deal, just as a Bears franchise, for close to five billion dollars. Now that you give a billionaire the chance to build a stadium somewhere that they get to own, and they get to host Super Bowls and host Final Fours and maybe an Olympics one day. This, this sale could be upwards of $8 billion. And if you're the McCaskey family and you're staring down the barrel of $8 million that you just get to then divide to your trust and everyone go on their merry way, that's an attractive offer that you're never going to get again. I'm pro the Bears moving to Arlington Heights and building this stadium if it means the McCaskies sell. I'm pro the Bears moving because I think that's then how you win Super Bowls. You have a whole new fresh face, a new billionaire owner. You invest the money in the team. You do all that great stuff. And I think you're, you're all of a sudden you can be looking more and more like the Rams every single day. If the Bears move and the McCaskies still own it, I still think it's a positive for the Bears because they own their own stadium. But you're not, the McCaskies aren't wealthy enough to build the type of thing that I think the Bears deserve. They're not going to get a, a SoFi Stadium. They're not going to get a Jerry's World. It's going to be a lot more like a Lucas Oil or what you got up in Minnesota if the Bears, if the McCaskey family has to build it. And I think that would be a shame. I think if, 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 I, if the McCaskies are listening, take offers. Get your 8 to $9 billion. Sell this team. Walk away from it. Stay fans and, and say you're not the bad guys anymore. You tried, but now the Bears have a fresh start. That's my two cents on it. But it is smart for them to move, and they should move, because they're bad partners with the with the city, and the city's not going to build them a stadium in downtown. They're just not going to do it. Thank you so much for making me a part of your morning. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin, for more NFL takes throughout the weekend. Enjoy the rest of this weekend. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Cunis Honda is the used car cat.